0: From John chapter 14, verses 15 through 17. These readings come from the Common English Bible. You can find these readings on page 877 in the Pew Bible. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will send another companion, who will be with you forever. This companion is the Spirit of Truth, whom the world can't receive because it neither sees him. Nor recognizes him. You know him because he lives with you and will be with you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Some of my earliest memories in life include walking with my mother up and down the various aisles of the fabric store and watching her touch and dream and imagine what could be created from all that fabric. As a child, <clears throat> I was B-O-R-E-D, <laughs> bored. I could not wait till it was time to go home to leave the fabric store because I just didn't understand what was going on. My mother was a third grade teacher, but she also had a degree from the University of Alabama in home economics and textiles merchandising. So she knew her fabric, and she knew what beauty could be created from simple pieces of cloth. Just before Christmas one year, I remember my grandmother coming to visit her mother, and so yesterday I literally pulled out the Christmas card to remember what was written. It said this. When she, my grandmother, came to visit for five days, she carried home with her a dress, a suit, a blouse, a winter coat, and a matching hat that she and my mother had made in five days. The Christmas letter went on to say, it happened to be exam week for all five children, so we, mother and I, sewed and called out spelling, history, and Latin verbs at the same time. And it ended with, fortunately, Dad had to be away for four days. He couldn't have stood it. <laughs> well I share this story because fabric is such an important important part of our family's life together. Because everything in the house that seemed like mother made the shower curtains, the bedspreads, our clothing it was wonderful but i think about fabric as i think about the holy spirit because it kind of holds us together it surprises us it reminds us who we are so this year well one year for a christmas present when i was a poor struggling grad student didn't have a lot of money i went home and i literally sewed together all these pieces of cloth of things that my mother had made i can Remember just about every item that was made from these scraps, and just looking at it now even makes me smile. So, yes, I think about the Holy Spirit being for us. The work of the Spirit is that fabric that holds us together, keeps us warm, surprises us, and reminds us who we are. Today, we're in the third week of our sermon series called We Believe, and we are looking at the core conviction. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me? So come, Holy Spirit. Come and startle us. Startle us with your wild and free love. Startle us with your wind. Startle us with your presence. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So what is the Holy Spirit? I mean, if we look through Scripture, the Spirit is referred to as wind and fire, as the dove, as a counselor, a guide, a comforter, a companion, and literally as breath. Have you ever experienced the Spirit's presence in your life? If you are unable to say yes, then I hope you will keep searching for it. And keep praying the prayer, Come, Holy Spirit, so that you can also say with a resounding yes, I have felt the presence in my life. In the first week of our series, we looked at the vast, gigantic nature of God, the Creator. In the second week, it was brought a little more close to home as we looked at Jesus, both God and human, divine and human, who lived among us as one of us, showing us how to get back in right relationship with God. And today we're looking at the Apostles' Creed, that one line, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Six simple words, six stunning words. There are many aspects of the Spirit, and not one image can contain or explain all of the Spirit for the spirit is wild and free and when we come together i think the spirit swoops in around us and among us and draws us together in the songs that we sing and the prayers we pray and even the very breath we breathe i often think that the spirit resides right up here especially so that our words are touched by the spirit before they reach your ears the Spirit moves in us and among us when we're with one person or hundreds of people. So come, Holy Spirit, let your presence be upon us all this day. A few weeks ago, we celebrated the birthday of the church, Pentecost. And with the, in the book of Acts, we read about tongues of fire coming down out of heaven, residing on the disciples, and touching them with the ability, the amazing br- Uh, perplexing, bewildering ability to speak in the native language of others. Everyone there from all over the known world were able to hear the gospel proclaimed in their native tongue as clearly as if their own mother had been speaking to them. But there are other images of the Holy Spirit, particularly if you look at the Gospel of John, which Jennifer read for us. Then the Spirit in the Gospel of John keeps showing up chapter 14, chapter 15, chapter 16. For John, the Spirit is not tongues of fire or many ecstatic voices, but rather the peace of one voice, the shepherd's voice, who bestows on his disciples the abiding presence of I Am. The Spirit comes. Jesus comes bringing that Spirit bringing peace as he breathes on his disciples and shares with them the news of the Spirit, who is the advocate and the guide, the comforter and counselor. One pastor put it this way, I have not seen tongues of fire descending out of heaven, nor have I found myself unexpectedly speaking Italian, Urdu, or Arabic. But I have been guided, challenged, moved, held, and deeply comforted by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Kind of like a comforting, warm piece of fabric, swaddling us close, holding us tight, as close as a gentle embrace from God. In our text, John 14, if you love me, it says, you will keep my commandments And I will ask the Father, and he will send another companion, another one just like Jesus, only he will stay with you forever. This companion is the Spirit of truth, whom the world can't receive because it neither sees him nor recognizes him. But you know him because he lives in you and will be with you. Yes, the Spirit lives in you. It lives in me. It lives in all of us. And it is as close as the breath you are taking now. And that one as well. God is in your head, whispering faint messages. And the Holy Spirit inspires us to be better and urges us to take action on behalf of truth. The word that John uses is a noun, a masculine noun. and says paraclete. The paraclete will bring to light judgment. Judgment when we think that our response to Jesus doesn't matter or when we think it can wait a little longer. Maybe it's time now for us to speak that truth, to make our voices heard. Whatever it is that the Spirit is laying on your heart, maybe now is the time to speak out against the policies of our government that have been separating children from their parents, some 2,000 children over the last six weeks at the border, children being told they're going to get a bath, only never to come back to their families. What would Jesus do? What is Jesus calling you to do in light of the world situation? Whatever it is that God is putting on your heart, listen. Listen for the way the Spirit is guiding you. Listen for the way that it might not be the easy answer but it's the way he's calling you he will be with you forever he won't leave you even when especially when it's difficult and in chapters 15 and 16 in john it says jesus says when the companion the spirit the paraclete comes he will testify about me the paraclete is tireless and will never stop seeking to reveal god's spirit in the world and so that word paraclete it can mean lawyer or one who pleads our case or witness one who testifies on your behalf it can refer to a person who gives comfort and counsel and strength in a time of need it can refer to one who comes to the aid of someone who is in danger the literal meaning is someone called in to help in time of need Now it's interesting for me to ponder as i had jury duty last monday mm -hmm, with a couple other church members i saw there and i believe the holy spirit convicts us and judges us and exposes our sin and forgives us when we ask and makes us better makes us whole and additionally i believe the spirit is that which produces those flashes of insight You know you've had them when all of a sudden the light bulb goes on and you recognize God is in your midst, or you recognize a new way of understanding another human being who's made in the very image of God like you are. As we read scripture, the Spirit helps us hear the words, perhaps for the first time, as clearly as if God was speaking directly to you and you have deeper understanding, new understanding, our lives become more open to the presence of God right there in front of us when we are touched by the Spirit. Yes, the Spirit is wild and free, and it goes where it will. And I believe the Spirit loves simply to place a question in our head through some ordinary experience of life, and that question, it can worry us, And it can niggle at us until we come up with an answer, until we become a different person, perhaps. And I also believe the Spirit loves to use other people to speak to us when we need to hear something that we may not want to hear. Like the pastor of the Lutheran Church in Denver, Colorado, Nadia Bowles-Weber. She's the pastor of the Church for All Saints and Sinners. And she tells of a time when their smallish congregation, which is made up of outcasts and misfits, drag queens and recovering addicts, and homeless folks, comes of a time when they had to change locations from this building to this building. And it was right around the time that she gave an interview with the Denver Post. And now, let's just say, at the time they had about 50 people in worship, but after that article, the numbers grew. But they gave a full-length photo of Nadia, and she is a striking woman. I have met her myself, very tall. In the picture, she is sitting down, cross-legged. She's wearing a clerical collar, short sleeve, so as to expose all of the tattoos on her arms. She's looking over her glasses rather sternly as if to say, I'm going to kick you in the you-know-what if you don't listen to my sermon. People came to church after that article and after that picture. In fact, the numbers doubled. And the people that came, though, were not like the ones who had been there. These people were different. They weren't struggling with how to pay their rent or struggling to stay sober. These people were were wearing dockers and khaki pants and button-down shirts. These people were 50 and 60 years old who drove in from the suburbs. Nadia said, "I wanted us to be bigger. What I wasn't prepared for was that we would be different." So as the weeks went by, Nadia found it more and more difficult to give a warm welcome to these new visitors who in her mind could be happy at just about any mainline Protestant church in town. Why did they have to come to our church, the church for all saints and sinners? Hmm. It bothered her so much she called a meeting of the church to discuss their sudden growth and demographic changes. But while she was preparing the meeting, she knew in her heart that it was wrong what she was thinking. She knew in her heart it was exclusionary. She knew she needed a change of heart. But she went on with that meeting. And that is when the Spirit showed up. The visitors came to the meeting, and they explained why they were coming to that church. There was Marcia, a 73-year-old Episcopalian, who said, Here, I feel like I can pray and be myself. And then Michael said, I really don't know what I believe, but I know every time we share in Holy Communion, there's something special and real that happens here. And then Jennifer, a Brownie troop leader, who drove 45 minutes each way to come to church. She said, It's worth the drive to feel as close to God as I do when we share in the liturgy together. And then Asher spoke up young man asher he said as the young transgender kid who was welcomed into this community i'm really glad that we have people coming who look like my mom and dad because they seem to want to have a relationship with me and my parents don't and then he added i believe the Holy Spirit sent them. Friends, who is the Holy Spirit sending to Hyde Park? Who is the Holy Spirit sending to the portico? Who is the Holy Spirit sending to you, right in front of you, that you're being asked to advocate for, to forgive, to love? Who? These examples... You can call them anything you want. You can call it a coincidence, ESP, I don't know. You can call it C-spin, I don't know. You can call it anything you want, but I call it the work of the Holy Spirit. This connectedness, this fabric that ties us together, strengthens us, surprises us, keeps us warm, and reminds us who we are. So I want to get back to fabric. I started out talking about fabric and how important fabric is and how it holds us together for nearly the past five years whenever i wear this particular stole many of you comment on it and last month when i wore it it came right out of my mouth unexpectedly that sometime i'll use it in a sermon so today i want to share with you about the stole you comment on it because it always makes noise when i walk now just to give us a little background i just want to share the history of stoles there are many reasons why uh, people of the church wear stoles uh, but one main reason is because jesus used a napkin a particular napkin called an or, orarium when he washed the disciples feet and so this is symbolic it's just grown to be this looking like more like this and it represents the yoke of christ the servanthood of Christ as we are tied in with Christ. And so every time we, clergy or laity, put on a stole, we should remember the awesome privilege and the responsibility that we have to proclaim the good news and to share in the sacraments. So over 15 years ago, I heard about a friend of a friend who knew somebody in West Virginia that would make stoles. And so I contacted her and my husband, Clark, is also a spouse a clergy, so we wanted four stoles made. And she asked me to tell her my favorite scripture. She asked me to tell some stories of our life together, both before and after we met. And she asked me to send pieces of fabric to her so she could weave in my story with God's story. Our story with God's story. So I want to stand out here for just a second and show this stole. There were actually two stoles made, so uh, the four. So this one um, is a baptismal stole, and it has actually the the gown that Clark wore when he was baptized. It actually has the little teeny bracelet that he wore on his wrist at the hospital. It has his grandmother's linens. This was from our first upholstered sofa. I love that sofa. (laughs) (laughs) this stole that I wear also everything means something the pineapple represents the incredible need for hospitality in our world this black cloth was from the dress my mother wore on their second date in 1948 and my dad said she was a knockout (laughs) to hear my mother tell of it years later she said he hasn't stopped talking about that dress in nearly 60 years I spent two summers in Africa, so I had to have all these African pieces on there. And there are children that represent our children and the world's children. Back here, there is the Air Force patch of my father's when he fought in World War II against Adolf Hitler. And these bells, every time you hear those bells, they came from landmines in Cambodia. They came from, after the war, the scrap metal was put together and made into bells. It's the Shells to Bells program. So everything on both these stoles has such meaning and significance. Everything has a reason to be there. Well, that was 15 years ago and the stole maker, well, I'd heard there'd been flooding in West Virginia and she was a disaster relief worker. And then I heard that she went to help, she moved to Louisiana to work with post-Katrina victims. And so 15 years later, I said goodbye to the rest of the fabric I had sent her and all the letters, the letters that my mom had written to her and that Clark's mother had written. But you know what? The Spirit is alive and well because last Sunday, last Sunday, June 10th, on what would have been my parents' 70th wedding anniversary, when we drove home from church there was a big package on the front doorstep. I didn't know who it was from. There it was, big package. In it was, it was from the stole maker, In it was all this fabric and these letters, handwritten notes from my mother who's been dead since 2010 on their 70th wedding anniversary. And in it was a beautiful letter. And she wrote... Once upon a time, a long, long time ago, some very special people wanted several stoles made. They wanted important elements of their lives, symbolizing before and after they met, and they entrusted these items to me to make the stoles. But the person worked on those stoles while she was engaged in disaster work, and then two back-to-back hurricanes hit Louisiana. The sewing machine and the materials have sat for many years. The sewer never returned to the machine because Katrina and Rita hit. But recently, some wonderful people in West Virginia packed up our house and mailed us some boxes, and I have been opening up treasures from the past. Today, amongst some tools and some kitchen utensils, I found a package, some beautiful letters, some fabric, and some mementos with kind stories inscribed. Since we, are no long, since we are no longer long, long ago, and there is something called Google, this disaster worker, former sewer, was able to find these people in a precarious place for hurricanes, Florida. We shared story before, and now we share a common experience of hurricane season and sea level rise. I hope these items find these amazing people and the stole can be finished by a friend. In there was a third stole that has been started. And what you don't know is, yes, we had all these pieces of Africa on here, but I'd written her a note saying, please make sure you put at least one elephant on Clark's stole because Clark inherited all these elephants from his grandfather. Of course, my family, thought he liked to collect elephants, so with the first three years of marriage, all they gave him was elephants. <laughs> so we have to have, as a family joke, at least one elephant on there. Now, you can't really see it, but there are all kinds of African elements on this third stole. Who knew that in this new job that Clark's had for five years, he's been to Africa four times? God knew. The Spirit knew. At the end, it said, all the best to you. Signed, the Stole Maker. Friends, it, that letter could have been written from the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, for indeed, God's presence was there that day and is with us always. The Stole Maker, the Holy Spirit, is with you and will never leave you. Is there to nudge you and encourage you and to hold you up when you need it. God's tissue that draws us together, surprises us, keeps us warm, and reminds us who we are. Palpable touches of the Spirit are everywhere. May we have eyes to see them. Friends, I would like us to end by sharing together in the Apostles' Creed. But as we do, I want you to listen for the ways that the Spirit is nudging you, nudging you to call that long-forgotten friend, nudging you to visit the one who's going through chemo, pleading with you to take a stand for truth and justice, surprising you with sheer delight and holding you up in the middle of your deepest distress. Will you please stand as we share together in this ancient creed of the church? I believe in God the Father Almighty. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Friends, as we continue our worship, offering back to God just a portion of what has been loaned to us, may we also listen for the places that god is asking us to pour our lives out for others let us receive our tithes our offerings and our gifts